Lord, circumcise. Cut away everything that is of the flesh. And Lord, Father, even as we now think upon the words of God, your word this morning, anoint us. Father, anoint us, anoint us to speak and to hear. Father, empower us to obey. Transform us, O Lord, into your likeness. Even as we receive the word by faith, our minds will be transformed and will be renewed. That, Lord, the good, acceptable and the perfect will of God will become more and more clearer for us in the days to come, O Lord. That our, that our wills will be aligned to your will. For your word says, if any man wills the will of God, he will know of the truth of the word of God. And therefore, this morning, O Lord, touch us. Touch us, O Lord. To that end, you would, uh, Father, uh, bless this time of meditation, O Lord Jesus. Thank you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you for in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We've been looking at the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel of God is about, is the gospel of the kingdom. And we looked at different aspects of the kingdom of God on Sunday. We will continue uh, in, in that study today, this morning. When John the Baptist, the forerunner to the Messiah, came, that's how he, he introduced the gospel of the kingdom. Till then, it wasn't done, but he introduced the gospel of the kingdom. And if you, you'll find his words in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1 to 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord for his, make his paths straight. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Okay, this is the forerunner to the Messiah who, uh, of course, preparing the way of the Lord to, into our hearts. Obviously, it is not talking about, uh, uh, into our lives, not he's not talking about the external word, roads, etc. Nothing of that sort, of course. We understand that, of course. Again, Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 1 to 3, you will find it again, the same words, the, in the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger, or the angel before you, who will prepare your way before you? The voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And what was his message? Repent for the kingdom of the Lord. Kingdom of God is at hand. And he says, a voice crying in the wilderness. That is Matthew chapter 3 verse 3. Don't have to turn there. We looked at that. And then again, of course, uh, after Jesus is tested uh, by Satan in the wilderness. He comes back and he begins to preach the, preach the gospel and this is what he has to say in gospel according to Mark chapter 1 verses 14. Verse 14, that's enough. 14 and 15. 14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, <laughs> John was put in prison, you know, they, you, you think that uh, Jesus is not, I mean, the gospel is going to stop. No, the gospel is not going to stop. The work of God will not stop. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel 
of the kingdom of God. And now he says something very interesting. He says the time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. Okay. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. What is fulfilled? The time is fulfilled. Of course, the word for time, could you, can you guess what the word is? Thy kairos. Now, that is, now is the time. This is the acceptable time. The time is here at hand. The opportunity has been given to you. Okay. The time is now. Not tomorrow. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. For he says, in a, in an acceptable time I've heard you. And in the day of salvation I've helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today, today, just now, two messages I got from somebody. One of our close relatives passed away. Hmm. Young lady. Someone we know. Now is the acceptable time. We never know. We never take anything for granted. Mercies are new every morning. As for man, his days are as grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourishes. And the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof remembers that man no more. It is gone. Time like an ever-rolling stream. Bears all its sons away. They are all forgotten as a dream. So, now is the acceptable time. So, the time has been fulfilled. Okay, that is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Look at what he says. And do this, and do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The kingdom of God is at hand. Of course, he was not talking about the visible kingdom of God. When John the Baptist and Jesus came, he was talking about the kingdom of God being established in our hearts. Alright? Now for us, for us who, uh, who, who are already in the kingdom, we are living in that not yet, already and not yet domain. The kingdom of God is already there and is not yet completely physically present. Okay? And is one day it's going to come. We are preparing now, of course, not for the first coming of the Lord. We are coming, uh, preparing ourselves for the second coming of Jesus. Therefore, the time is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Kingdom of God is, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. What kind of a kingdom? If you turn with me to Daniel chapter 2, verses 34 to 35 and 44 to 45. 34, 35, 44, 45. Daniel chapter 4, 2, 2. Daniel chapter 2. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay. Now this image is talking about <coughs> various world kingdoms, beginning from the kingdom of Babylon, Medo-Persia, Christia, Romans, and the last day's kingdom, iron mixed with clay kind of a kingdom. You watched while a stone was cut without hands. What does it mean? Cut without hands means it was, it's, a, it's, it's, it's something which is by itself. Okay, nobody made it. It was Jesus. He, the self-existing one, in other words. You watched while a stone was cut without, cut out without hands. Who is this talking about Jesus? Which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Okay. So that's exactly what happens. The moment Jesus enters, um, the, the, the kingdoms of this world will tremble. I mean, he is going to replace every kingdom that is established in our hearts. 
Babylon standing for what? For pleasure and power and money. Medo-Persia. I don't know what they stand for. Greek stands for wisdom. Rome stands for authority, power. I think Medo-Persia stands for tolerance. I think that's what it is. Huh? Excuse me? Yeah, merchant business tolerance. Basically tolerance. Because if you see, during the time of the Persian kings, they were asked to go and uh, um, uh, build the temple. Okay, It actually talks about the spirit of tolerance. Greeks talks about wisdom. And Rome talks about that, that, that demonic force of enforcing itself on the people of, on, on, on the, on the hearts of men through force, through intimidation. And all those kingdoms will be shattered in our lives. And, and it says, and broke them in pieces. And then again, verse 44 and 45. Look at what it says. 44 and 45. Okay, th- uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. 35. We didn't, uh, we didn't finish 35. Yes. 35. Let's read 35 and then we'll go to 45. And then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like shaft from the thrush, from the summer threshing floor. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. This kingdom is coming, boss. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what is he doing right now? He is doing one thing. He is preparing our hearts. In our hearts, every kingdom which is contrary to the word of God and to the kingdom of God has to be crushed into pieces. So that one day, when he comes, we will not be crushed. You understand? Okay. So, like shaft from the summer threshing floor, the wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. That's what he has to do. No trace of any earthly kingdom should be found in our hearts. And who's that earthly kingdom? We. <laughs> who's the king in that earthly kingdom? We ourselves. That fellow has to be brought down. And the stone that struck the image, what, what happened to him? It became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. That's what he says. And the, and the knowledge of the, of God will, will fulfill the whole earth as the waters which cover the sea. Fill the whole earth. He will be the one who will overrule every earthly kingdom and he will establish his kingdom on this earth and he will judge the world with with the scepter of iron. Okay. And he's, he's doing that. Again, verse 44 and 45. And in the days of those, of these kings of, kings, the God of heaven will set up a king which, kingdom. Okay, he will set up a kingdom which shall not be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. So the king is coming with this kingdom. He is going to enforce himself whether you like it or not because he is the sovereign. Chakravarti Baba, the king of kings, the lord of lords. Okay, many earthly kings wear a crown but he reigns. He reigns. He is supreme. What do you think? He is sovereign. Whatever is happening in this world, nothing is taking God, is, uh, is taking God by surprise. And we are in the sovereignty of God. Of course, we might, we might get disappointed and frustrated with certain things that are happening and we say, Lord, what is going on in my life? But He is in absolute control. Nothing is taking Him, taking Him by surprise. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We cannot disappoint Him, in other words. <laughs> okay, we cannot disappoint Him. He will not say, I'm so disappointed. No, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly. He is sovereign. So what happens? And inasmuch as you saw, the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, 
and its interpretation is sure. It's, so it shall be written and so it shall be done. Period. Daniel ko bol diya. So what does Jesus come and say? The kingdom of God is at hand. What should you do? Repent. In other words, be reconciled to the king. That's what repentance means. So what do you do? Be reconciled. So everything okay guys? Everything is all, all, is, all is in control. As much as you can do, uh, as much as you can control it. Please excuse us. We are having issues with the internet. And, but yeah, but uh, thank God for Sam and for all the other technical uh, team over here who are doing troubleshooting. Okay. So, so what's going on? He says, this, this is sure. So what should you do? Repent means be reconciled to the king. He's coming. You might chain us, but we are ambassadors in chains, Paul says. No ambassador is put in chains. He's sent back into his country. If he's not wanted in the country, he has diplomatic immunity. Nobody can touch him, but Paul was the ambassador in chains because he understood. He says, I am a citizen of another country. And I'm, and I'm ambassador of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I'm ambassador in your chains. What is my message? Be reconciled to my king. I know you think that I'm powerless. Yes, you think that, uh, that I'm constrained by the chains of the chains, by, by your chains, but the gospel of God is not constrained. That's what he tells in Philippians. The gospel is go- of God is not constrained. Nothing constrains the gospel. God doesn't need us to preach the gospel, by the way. <laughs> okay, he doesn't need any one of us. God doesn't need us. Unlike other gods who need their stooges. Because Islam thinks it's incumbent upon them, that is Muslims think that it is incumbent upon them to, to dawa and, and to, and to, and to establish the kingdom of Allah. No, no, God doesn't need any one of us. It's our privilege that He calls us His co-workers. Okay, the gospel of God is not constrained. He says, you know what, the kingdom is coming. It is going to overrule every earthly established kingdom. So what do you do? Reconcile. Reconcile. Don't become a vassal. Surrender. Yeah, and become a vassal. <laughs> okay. Surrender and become a vassal. So, so what happens? So this is exactly what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Look at what he says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then, goes on. Read, okay. Now all things are God who has reconciled. You see that word? He has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, after he has reconciled us, you know what he has given us? He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, where do you find the word reconcile? Where? Oh, no, no, okay, I know, but generally where do you use the word reconcile? What kind of a phrase is it? Excuse me? Uh-huh. Yeah, so... Audit. Yeah. Baba, you are our, you are our major man. Okay. You, you are the tally man. Okay. You see, you understand what I'm talking about. You have to reconcile means settle accounts with the king. What have we been given? We have been given the, recon- the ministry of reconciliation. We are auditors. God's auditors. Show me your debit. Show me your credit. 
And let me tell you something, your debit is so high. <laughs> I don't care who your father is, if your father is, he owns all the banks in the world, all the central banks in the world, all the money that they can print will not be able to buy your pardon. That's exactly what happens in Psalm 49, right? Remember Psalm 49? Please go to Psalm 49 and go to those verses 8, 9, 10, 11. Psalm 49 verses 8, 9, 10, 11. For the redemption, okay. Can we read from verse 7? None of them by can by any means. None of them. None of them. None of them. None of them. N-O-N-E. None. None. Okay. None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. So how does God reconcile? He reconciles us to himself through whom? Through Jesus Christ, through His Son Jesus Christ. Because none, 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 He has become the ransom. God has to reconcile God, nobody else. Yeah. Oh, the gospel, the, the doctrine of Trinity, how can God be three? You morons, if you do not know, if you don't have the God as a triune God, where is your hope for salvation? Who is your hope for salvation? Your good works is going to, is going to reconcile your accounts with God? What kind of a doctor are you believing in nonsense? This is what we have to speak to our other brothers from the other faiths. Okay. Your accounts will never be able to, your good works will never be able to give you a right standing with God. Period. None, none, none by any means. By what means? By any means, redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. That is exactly the reason why even Job says, how can I come and stand before God unless I have a who? I have a mediator. <laughs> unless I have a mediator who can bring me to God and in his court grant me justice and make me go free, acquit me completely. No. For the redemption of their souls is what? Costly. And it, sh- that, and it shall cease forever. In other words, how, how shall it cease forever? That, that he should continue to live eternally and not see the peat. Not to the pit, for he sees wise men die, likewise fool, fool, and the senseless person perish and leave their wealth to others. Meaning, their wealth has wealth does not profit in the day of wrath. It says in Proverbs chapter ten, wealth does not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers you from death. Righteousness delivers you from death. So, what is it? The king, king is coming. The kingdom is at hand. He is going to come and crush every king, kingdom on this earth. And he is going to establish his kingdom. He is going to rule over every kingdom of man. All the kingdoms of this world is going to become the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, if you want to live, boss, be reconciled to this king. Settle your accounts with this king. What have we been given? We have been given the ministry of reconciliation because God himself has reconciled us to him. He has settled our accounts and you know what? We owe a debt. That's exactly the reason why Paul says, I am indebted both to the Jews and to the Greeks, to the wise, to the unwise, to the barbarians and to the normal people. As much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and salvation to everyone who believes. Okay. For he sees wise men die. Likewise the fool and the senseless person perish and leave their wealth 
to others. So be reconciled. That is the reason why if you turn to Matthew chapter 18 verse 21 onwards, 21 to 23. What does it say? Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? And look at what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, I do not say up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. And verse 23, therefore, 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 the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to what? Settle accounts with the servants. And he found one fellow. He finds all of us actually who owes him unpayable debt. That's the reason why we like that song. No? He paid a debt. He did not owe. I owed a debt. I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song. Amazing grace all day long. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. He settled my accounts. Wow. <laughs> what a God. So what that is repentance means be reconciled to the king. Believe. Believe in the gospel and be reconciled to the king. That's the three things. The third, fourth thing he says the time is at hand. So the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent means reconciled. Four things believe in the gospel. What is the gospel? Believe in me. This is the one work that you need to do. Believe in me. Nothing else. Just believe in me. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why did he raise? Turn to Romans chapter 4 and the last three verses. Romans chapter 4, the last three verses. Romans chapter 4, last three verses. Now, it was not written for his sake alone, that is Abraham. Because it says Abraham believed in, in, in God and it was credited to in, into his account for righteousness. Okay, Now it is not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But also for us, verse 24, it shall be imputed to us who believed in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. And verse 25, who was delivered up because of our offenses and who was raised up for our justification. He justified us. He reconciled us. He said the debit and the credit is balanced. The balance sheet is signed out now. Take your audit report and show to the devil. So been reconciled. Paid in full. Tetelestai. <laughs> it is finished. Got it? Really, how are you guys doing? Here's the, here's the question. I'm just getting some messages. I'm a little disturbed, but that's okay. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. That's the gospel. Okay. What is the gospel? First, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Believe. Over. How do we do it? Is a question. That is all. That is how the forerunner John prepared us so that we can receive this message continuously. By the way, the gospel is not one day. You know that, right? Every day we have to preach the gospel to ourselves. 
There's a gospel which brings us into the kingdom and the gospel which keeps us into the kingdom. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus of God, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greeks. For, the, for as it is written, the just shall live by faith, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness which is from what? Faith to faith from the beginning to the end. The righteousness of God should be, is already established, it has been given and credited into our account, but has to continuously be applied into our lives and be established in our lives. Okay. The righteous requirement of the law has to be fulfilled in us. How? Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We'll come to that a little later. So what does the forerunner John say? He said, make straight the paths. Now, gospel according to Luke will actually comprehensively put this entire thing together. If you turn to gospel according to Luke chapter 3 and verse 3 to 6. And Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 8. Are we there? Yeah. And he went into all region around Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, of course, this is not, this is a type of the Elijah ministry for the first coming of Jesus Christ. No, this is the same type for the Elijah ministry for the second coming of Jesus Christ. For it says in Malachi chapter 4, before the day of the Lord, what will I send? Whom will I send? I will send Elijah who will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the, to the fathers before, if lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So, it's a similar, it's, it's a type, it's a type. In that type, there are several ingredients which we have to take and apply it. And to see what are these ingredients which will help us to prepare ourselves. I mean, of course, we are talking about repentance over here, which will help us prepare ourselves for the second coming of the Lord. Do you understand everybody? So let us see. Luke's Gospel chapter 3 and verse 5 now, 5 onwards. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh. So, okay. So, every valley shall be fulfilled, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked. Okay, every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough place smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Okay, and if you turn to Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 3 to 8, let us see what is being spoken over here. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. Crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth, and then, and the glory of God shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it, and the voice said, cry out. And what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness or its glory is like the flower of the field, the grass. The grass with us, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God 
stands for ever. All right. So, therefore, it's just poetry. It's to start with that. So, turn to First Peter chapter one, and let's read from the last four, three verses. Last three verses. First Peter chapter one. I'll tell you, twenty-two to twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-two to twenty-five. Since you have purified yourselves in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brother, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse 23. Having been, how? Born again. First of all, what should happen? You should become born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. We have to, we have to live in this kingdom forever, so we have to be born again into the kingdom. How do we get entrance into the kingdom? Unless and until you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom unless you are born of the water and of the spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom. Therefore, you have to be born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And look at what it says in verses 24 and 25. Because all flesh is as grass. That's the message. What was he crying out? All flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. Meaning all the opinions. Glory means doxa. All the opinions are the all the things that men esteem. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Whatever men esteem and call as righteousness. Okay, whatever men say. This is what you have to become in order to be accepted, whether in the church or or outside. I mean, if they create certain things like this, where the opinions of men and the and what do you call it? I call them unjust scales and balances. Okay, the unjust scales and balances, the opinions of men, the glory of men. The glory of man as a flower of the glass, the grass withers, the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And if you want to endure forever, you have to be born again, not of corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. What does the gospel say? You know something? All the glory that you that you associated with this word, all the thing that you esteem and you look towards for acceptance, is not acceptable to God. God's standards. My ways are not your ways. Nor my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heaven is high above the earth. So high are my ways. And my thoughts. Okay. So my standards are different. That's the reason why he says. Unless your righteousness. What? Exceeds the righteousness. Of the Pharisees and the scribes. And they will be shocked. My God. We thought these were the. Guys who got it all figured out. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness, how much? <laughs> exceeds by infinite times. <laughs> my, their righteousness is here. My righteousness is there. For, you know it was written, but now I say. This is the, actually the standard. When they look, look at the standard, that's what, that's the reason why, you know what? When the law came, he says, Paul, when the law came, sin revived, I died. In other words, what does law came, matlab, when the law came home, when I actually understood what the law requires in its totality. Finished, I said, boss, this requirement, 
I cannot. Impossible. Impossible to meet God's standards. So that is what the gospel says. Gospel has to be preached. This gospel, which upholds the righteous standards of God, has to be preached. This is the kingdom standards. Submit to this kingdom standards. Okay, turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 1, 2, and 3. What does it say? Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that they should be saved. For I have what? I have bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Why? For they being ignorant of God standards or righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Come under the righteousness of God. This is what the righteous requirement of God is and confess that you haven't met it and you will never be able to meet it in a million years. Submit to the righteousness of God. So, and once in order to continuously grow in this kind of righteousness, the gospel, the uh, John the Baptist, he says something very interesting. He says, prepare the way of the Lord. How does he do it? How do we prepare the way of the Lord? He, he asks us to do four things in order, in order for us to continuously surrender and submit ourselves to the standards of God. Four things we have to do, minimally. Four things. Let us go to Luke's Gospel chapter 3. And verse 5. First, every valley should be filled. Okay. Every valley should be filled. Now, what is a valley if you are going on uh, our Kishtama Enclave Road? Okay. There's a smooth road until you reach the railway gate. Afterwards, there's a valley. Okay. Which brings you down. And that valley has been existing for donkey's years. Right from the time, I'm telling you, it was there since 2008, if I'm right. Those days, it was a crater. It was like, it looked like a meteor strike. And one day I told Sister Elsa, I mean, she, I said, Sister Elsa, you know, you look at this. And she said, yeah, Vijay, what is this? I said, Sister Elsa, long before the meteor struck this place and left a crater over here. And she believed me, actually. <laughs> she said, oh, I see, I see. It, was, it looked like that. One crater. It's a valley. What should, the, what should happen to the valley in order for the Messiah to come in? It has to be filled for the, for the, for the righteousness of the Messiah to be continuously established in our lives. Every valley that brings us down or, yeah, brings us down should be filled. The question is, what are these valleys? Spiritually speaking, what are these valleys? Is a question we need to ask ourselves. Okay. What are these valleys? Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 23 and 24 to understand what these valleys are. How can you say, hmm, 
Do you see that? How can you say, I am not polluted? I have not gone after the Baals or Balim, it says in other translations. See your way in the valley. Know what you have done. You are a swift dromedary breaking loose in our ways. A wild donkey disciplined or accustomed to the wilderness that sniffs at the wind in her desire. In a time of mating, who can turn her away? Turn her away. All those who seek her will not weary themselves. In her mouth, they will find her. In her month, they will find her. In her month, they will find her. Now, what are these valleys? Thought patterns that have been established. Habitual thought patterns which take us down that valley. That sabotage you are seeking after God. Okay. Look at this. In her month, they will find her. You see that? It's In other words, it's like sin finds you. You don't have to go searching for sin. It's a lo- It's like a dog goes back. You know, I, I like the message translation as a killer, okay? Look at what uh, Eugene Peterson, how he renders it. It's beautiful. Verse uh, 23 and 24 in the message. How dare you tell me I am not stained by sin. I have never chased after the Baal sex gods. Well, look at the tracks. You see, every time when you go on a path, which path do you generally take? Which A path which has been well trodden. Even in your minds, you have been going around about a particular trajectory. And, And so what you do is, automatically, your mind takes the path. Because that is a path of least resistance. So you have, through continuous habitual indiscipline, discipline in discipline, you have established a particular thought pattern. And so it has become a, a deep valley. Unless that fellow is leveled and filled, what will happen is, every time some certain pressure come, gets applied into your life, you will go around that pattern. It's a track which has, which you have trodden over and over and over and over again and you know you can't break it. Because it's a valley. Now it has formed a deep valley in your mind. Think about a groove in your mind. Think about, like for example, the clicks that you make every day in the morning. (gasps) Rediff, CNN, Fox. And you're like, oh, what happened to the Bible? What happened to the word of God? The very first thing what you do when you get up in the morning, what does your mind automatically take? That's a valley. Again, again, I mean, of course, away from God, rather. So what happens? I never chased after the Baal sister. Well, look at the tracks you have left behind. You, The tracks that you have left behind in the valley. How do you account for what is written in the desert dust? Can anybody write anything on the desert dust? But you wrote. With your habitual thought patterns, you wrote a particular way, even on the desert. It's like a camel, no. Camel, it's called the ship of the desert. For us, for you and me, the whole place might look like a complete sand and we don't know where we are going. But for a camel, it knows exactly where to go. It takes a particular trajectory because it has been used to the desert. So what has happened? It has left trajectories in the desert. 
in its mind. So even for us, it's like this, no, we don't know, everything seems to be absolutely normal, but deep down inside our mind, there's a particular trajectory that we have, that we have uh, constructed through habitual thought patterns, and on the outside, everything looks normal, but we take the trajectory, whenever pressure comes. How do you account for that? Things written in a desert dust, tracks of a camel in heat, running this way and that. Look at what it says. Tracks of a wild donkey in rut. What? Tracks of a wild donkey in rut. Okay, that's the reason why I like that book written by A.W. Tozer. Rut, rot, revival. You get into a rut first, then you rot in that rut, and what you need is revival, otherwise you're dead. Tracks of a wild donkey in a rut, sniffing the wind for the slightest scent of sex. Who could possibly quarrel her? On the hunt for sex, sex and more sex. Insatiable, indiscriminate, promiscuous. Oof. So now we can only talk about sex, anything for that matter. It could be wasting of time on stupid things. Entertainment is a huge thing these days. People can live without Bible, but they cannot live without entertainment. Entertainment, You know that, right? So even in the message, they look for entertainment. Oh, that was an entertaining message. You see? Because habitual thought patterns have been established. Valleys have been established. Grooves have been made in the mind. Before the king of glory comes, what should you do? Fill it up. Fill it up. Jeremiah chapter 13 verse 23. Look at what it says. 13.23. Can an Ethiopian change his skin or a Kushite change his skin or the leopard spots? Answer, no. Then may you also do good who are accustomed to do evil. Now the word accustomed is discipline do evil. The, which comes from the word Hebrew word limud. Which ca- comes from the li- Hebrew word, root word lamad. Which means to be taught. What have you done? You have taught yourself diligently to do evil. You went to the school of doing evil. Basically. Disciplined yourself. And you got a major, for example let's say in lustful thoughts. Major in stealing money. You have got a major in uh Whatever, I mean, wasting of time, resources. Time waste is a huge sin. Do you, do you know that? Because you'll be asked an account for the mina that God has given you. Not the mina, like the pastor said, but the mina that the that God has entrusted into your hands. You will be asked an account for every breath that he has given you. has given us, including myself. You have to be very serious about these things. You have accustomed, I mean, you taught yourself diligently. I'm teaching Abigail Maths now. Oh, how much of discipline it takes to establish the concept of fractions in our mind. Because it doesn't, it's not natural. And what is, what is, so what we have done, we have taught ourselves over and over and over. We have gone to the school of evil and we have taught ourselves to do evil. We are accustomed to evil and we have established a thought pattern. It's a groove in our mind which will Take us along the trajectory easily, 
sin doesn't find have to we don't have to find sin sin will find us sin will find us that's the reason why it's very interesting right some people receive news they'll receive gossip how gossip finds you before anybody knows you know are how come baba gossip finds you so these are very very important things so some pe- believers have a disciplined thought patterns that have to be filled some people constantly get discouraged easily they easily are brought low into a valley you know it says uh, isaiah chapter 22 it says oh sorry not hosea uh, uh, it says millions upon millions upon in the valley of indecision i think it's hosea if i'm right hosea ramos i don't know exactly indecision easily brought low and they give up easily so look at what it says in Gen- john's gospel chapter 5 john's gospel chapter 5 verses 5 to 8 john's gospel chapter 5 verses 5 to 8 now a certain man was there who had an infirmity how many years 38 years How many years? Thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew, look at this, and knew that he had already been in that condition. What is that? For a long time. He said to him, "Do you want to be made well?" And we'll look at his valley. You want to look at his valley? This is his valley. His words. The sick man answered, "Sir, <laughs> I have no man to put me into the pool." excuses 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 the water is when the water is stirred up but while i'm coming another steps down before me what you said rise take up your bed and get out of this place come on now enough of this rot are you not tired for living in the same condition for 38 years of course this is symbolizing the the wanderings of uh, of the israelites in the wilderness look at how it's actually put in uh, deuteronomy chapter 2 verses 2 and 3 i like this verses 2 and 3 2 2 and 3 together i love it okay look at this and the lord spoke to moses saying you have skirted this mountain long enough turn northward means get out of the valley now come on now you gone around in circles and circles so no, that's exactly that these are all valleys in your mind no same thought pattern over and over and over and over and over again it's a well what do you say uh, sort out trajectory it's like a maze okay you you're going 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 and then come back to the same place again are how come you're going in circles baba break it turn northward move up north ka matlab upar that's what he says is the north star right you know where the north star is it's in the north and it's one star that never 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 ever changes its position have you seen the other constellations okay saptarshi mandal it's called the big dipper ha huh? yeah big dipper just abigail is doing all that in a science space now big dipper 
big dipper is one in one position during uh, during winter another position in summer okay another position in other time of the of the year but north star is always north so what is he saying go to that place look northward look put your eyes on jesus enough of this right now get out get out of this place and start moving towards jesus how long how long how long so what 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 does first peter chapter 4 verses 1 to 4 will say 1 to 5 therefore since christ suffered for us in the flesh what should you do arm yourselves with the same mind in the mind there are thought patterns arm yourself for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin why that you no longer should live the rest of the of, of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men but for the will of god why 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 verse 3 how does it start for thank you so much because for you have spent enough time i hope we all come to that point lord enough is enough lord i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired actually i'm so sick and tired are you sick and tired of being sick and tired sick and tired for we have spent enough time of our past lifetime in doing the will of the gentiles when we walked in lewdness and lusts and drunkenness and revelries and drinking parties and uh, abominable idolatries and then in regard of these they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation look at this look at the words he is using that you do not run you see that where do you run here I'm so tired this morning. What is that? Relax. A glass of jai. Ministry me karte the log. Too much of pressure in the ministry. I need a beer. Relax. Strange, I'm telling you patterns. That is the reason why what you do in your free time is what God looks for and sees. That actually exposes your thought pattern. Do you know that? When I don't have pressure, I sit in that sofa. Ah, chalo yaar, kuch dekhte hain. That's your thought pattern. Have you wasted? Do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation. In the same flood of what? What is dissipation? Dissipation? Yeah, dissipate. Heat gets dissipated. Your fire gets dissipated. Your energies get dissipated. Your money gets dissipated. Your time gets dissipated. And before you know it, huh, boss, 35 years, 38 years over. What am I doing? 40 years over. What am I doing? Where have I gone with the Lord? Do you understand? Boy, boy. I don't know how we just give me a minute, please. Okay. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the so, 
fill these valleys. What do you fill it with? Fill it with the word of God. Fill. Make them straight. Fill it up. You see, don't leave any place empty. Yeah. Fill it up. Don't easily give up. Don't get angry and give up your position and resign. Show your verse. You want to see your verse? 10.4 Ecclesiastes. In different translations. Mother Ajay. If the spirit of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your post. For conciliation pacifies great offenses. In other words, your boss gets angry with you, do not resign. Hey, take it easy. Let us look at it in NIV. Beautiful. NIV, NLT, ESV. What is this? NIV. If a ruler's anger rises against you, do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great errors to rest. Another place. Another translation. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, this is what NLT, huh? No, NLT. Put it NLT. NLT is great. If your boss is angry with you, don't quit. A quiet spirit can overcome even great mistakes. Wow! Mistakes from both sides. He might have overlooked something and might have shouted at you. Or he might have shouted at you and you might have done something wrong and you have not maybe done something and you should say, Lord, give me some time. Let me just calmly reconcile. What do people do? Oh, they get offended. Oh, I'm leaving. Quit. Take it easy. Take it, take it easy, Baba. Take it easy. What a beauty of a verse, isn't it? In ASB. I like that. If the ruler's temper rises against you, do not abandon your position because what? Composure allays great offenses, my dear brothers. Composure. Take a chill pill. Relax. Relax. I will resign this company. What does my boss think about himself? Most, he is not even qualified like the way I am. And I do his work. Hello. Huh. Take it easy. Take it easy. Oh, how long should I keep on sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing? I don't even see any rewards. People give up easily. Show another verse. Should I show you? Fired up verse. Okay. First of all, let us look at it in NKJV and you'll get confused. And let me confuse you and then I'll go to the less confusing translations. Ecclesiastes 11.1. Solomon. Cast your bread upon the waters. <laughs> Cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. Okay, now let us look at it in NIV. It's very interesting. NIV. NLT maybe. NLT then. Give generously for your gifts will return to you later. ESV. Cast your bread upon the waters, you will find it after many days. Maybe sow, sow your seed on the, send your seed on the ship's book. Translation, I don't know which one. I think it's uh, MSG, maybe. 
MSG. Put it in the MSG. Be generous. Invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. Okay. We'll, we'll come to that later on. But understand, these are, don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not lose heart. Okay. Good, 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 good. So next, second, first, every valley. First of all, recognize valleys. And fill it up. Fill it up. Say the word. Fill it up. Don't leave it empty. Okay. In other words, if you have been getting a wrong crop, change your seed. Change your seed. If this part, if this, this particular trajectory is you're used to, replace it with another thought pattern. And make that ha- a habit. He who practices, it says in 1 John chapter 3, he who practices righteousness is righteous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he who practices righteousness is righteous. Exercise yourself unto godliness. Bodily exercise profits little. But spiritual exercise. Flee youthful lust and pursue faith, hope, love, etc. With all of them who call on the Lord with a pure heart. Establish certain things. Establish thought patterns. For example, now, for us, at least in our church, we have established one thought pattern. By 9 o'clock, we are there. At least most of us. Most of the time. For the service, right? Because those thought patterns have been established. Those days when I used to, My goodness, I was so horrible. But over a period of time, still getting there. Because, you know, it H-A-B-I-T. You know that, right? If you take a H, you have a bit. You take A, you have bit. You take B, you have it. <laughs> that fellow is habits die hard. Bad habits like soft bets, very easy to get in, very difficult to get out. Okay. So establish other thought patterns. Establish other ways. So what happens is that when you start establishing another thought pattern, what happens? You stop using this road. And when you stop using this road, what happens? Automatically everything gets covered. Everything gets covered. Start another thought pattern. Start using that. So what happens? Automatically you will turn towards this now. Instead of turning towards this side, which is to take you down, you will turn towards this side, which will take you north. Okay. Don't take the paths called the bypath meadow. Oh, no, 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 no. Who's waiting for you? Giant despair is waiting for you. Giant despair is waiting for you. He'll take you to which castle? Doubting castle. And he will want to club your head with all kinds of thoughts of despair. Okay? Already then. So let's first, that is as much as uh, valleys are concerned. Second, every mountain and hill should be brought low. And the greatest two mountains, mountain and hill, okay? Greatest mountain is what I call the mountain of offense. Pride, offense, stumbling block, scandal. (laughs) You get offended so easily. Oh, Lord! Ask yourself every day of your life, Lord, let me not get offended for you. Word says, blessed is a man who does not get offended because of me. How do these thought patterns of called valleys get protected? Because they are protected by what? 
Mountains. The valleys are protected by what? Mountains, Baba. How are all these tracks protected? They are protected by mountains. One of the greatest mountains is a mountain called offense. It's a stumbling block of offense. You get offended easily. Please don't get offended. Another killer argument. And you know another killer mountain it is? God understands. Oh, I am like this, you know. God understands. It's a killer mountain. What is offense? You get offended. It's a huge pride. That's essentially pride, no? Pride. You get, how dare he talks to me like this. Boss, we need an attitude. We should be able to take correction from anybody. Let us ask God for that grace, no? Because ultimately what we do in this world will not matter. Even the ministry. What kind of a heart and a character that we have developed matters. Offense. Easily offended. All of us need some kind of an argument which will justify our pattern. Why am I like this, you know? You know, why am I like this? My father, my grandmother and everybody did this to me. I'm used to this. They call me all kinds of names. I can't change now. Who told you? Who told you? Who told you? Don't you know that any man who is in Christ is a new creation? Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Oh no, Jesus loves me just the way I am. Yeah, he loves you just the way you are. Just as I am without one plea. But he doesn't leave you the way you are. He wants you to be conformed to the likeness of your son. No, 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 no. I want to be like this. God understands. Huge mountain. It's like Jericho. Nothing can go in. Nothing can come out. Those strongholds have to be brought down in the name of Jesus. That is what it means. Every mountain and every hill have to be brought low. Offense. Pride. God understands. Self-pity. Everything has to be brought down. Oh, we remember the leeks and the melons and the garlic and the onions and the fish we ate. How? Freely. You forgot that you're a slave. See, thought patterns. Offense, you get offended. Unbelief is a huge mountain. It's a mountain called unbelief. If That's what if you have a faith as small as a mustard seed, you can ask this mountain and it will be gone. What is a mountain? Mountain of unbelief. All things are possible for, with the person who believes. If you are able, you can serve my, save my son. If you believe, if you can believe, in Telugu, if you have the ability to believe, if you have the strength to believe, all things are possible to the one who believes. Oh Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Killer arguments. Call them killer doctrines. Doctrines of justifying your lifestyle. <laughs> That's the reason why it says in uh, Jude 1, 3 and 4. 
What do they say? Judah, bond servant of Jesus Christ. Yeah, sorry. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men, what do they do? Who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only God, Lord God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is he talking about? They turn the grace of God into a license for sin. Into licentiousness. If you put it in the message Bible. Well, 3 and 4 in the message is very interesting. I think. <laughs> Dear friends, I have dropped everything to write to you about the, this life, life of salvation that, was, that, is, that, have is, that we have in common. I have to write insisting and begging that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and cherish. What has happened is that some people have infiltrated our ranks. Our scriptures warned us this would happen. Who beneath their pious skin are shameless scoundrels. Their design is to replace the sheer grace of our God with sheer license. Which means doing away with Jesus Christ, our one and only master. Which means this is what God understands. He knows your struggle. He understands. And what does he do? He keeps you there. And he tells the Pharisees, you hypocrites, if any one of you falls, if your animal falls into the pit on a Sabbath day, will you not go and pick it up? And what, what should I do? I should keep you there on Sabbath day? Sabbath means entering into God's rest. What should I do? Pull you out of that from, from that place. Not keep you there in the pit. And what do you have? You have all kinds of arguments to justify your lifestyle in the pit. What has happened to these days? In these last days, you have humongous number of doctrines to tell you, "Oh, this is how you've been made, brother," and they justify every kind of a lifestyle. Every lifestyle is justified. So every mountain has to be brought low. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 to 6. We know this very well, but let us read it once more. Okay. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh, according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, means mountains. Casting down Arguments and every high mountain or high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God means what we exalt the word of God, not any every high mountain, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish every disobedience, all disobedience when your obedience is, is fulfilled. Look at the MSG, okay. I'm just reading a paraphrased Bible to understand. Look at what it says from verses 3 to 6 of uh, of. Uh, of Second Corinthians chapter 10. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. 
but they are for demolishing demolishing what are they for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture or thought patterns and then we use our powerful god tools for smashing warped philosophies you see that warped philosophies tearing down barriers erected against the truth of god that is what bringing every mountain and hill what do we do tearing down every barrier which erects itself against the truth of god fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by christ you see the pattern over here i love the way the message comes comes across no our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity beautiful have you seen how they made the outer ring road you know, you should see one part of the outer ring road. It goes through two mountains like that. It's beautiful. It's on the stretch between uh, Gachiboli and uh, Samshabad. Okay. It's two huge mountains. They just smashed that mountain into smithereens, if you will, <laughs> to do that word, use that word. And you know what they did? They made a beautiful straight road by smashing every obstruction to the airport. That's what we need to do smash every ideology which hides our tracks our well well protected tracks of rut which we have been going on in circles so we we are ready to do that every thought this is not God's way in other words we are ready to replace our ways with God's ways period In other words, we are ready to surrender our will to God's will. If anyone wills to do the will of God. If anyone wills to do the will of God. If anyone wills to do the will of God. Look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 23 onwards. (laughs) Am I not a God near at hand? Okay, this is uh, in message. Okay, don't. Let's, yeah, maybe we should go in message. I actually wrote it down here. Um, so, Dr. Richard is... Okay, let us read from verse 23 in the normal translation and we'll go back to message. Okay? Am I not a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places? So shall I not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth? In other words, a lot of people, what, what, what do they do? They hide their tracks in lies. That's what mountains are. Okay, mountains hide the, hide the valleys, right? Yeah. You go to the mountain and suddenly, that's what Kathmandu is, right? Kathmandu is a valley. From the top of the mountain and then you go to the valley. Wow! What is what is the valley hiding? Is hidden amongst the mountains. Okay. So think about it you know, whenever you see the mountain next time <laughs> and a valley. That's my mind nonsense. All established thought patterns. It has to be made you know the best way to make something plain and make it look flat fly high everything is flat that's what it says be seated together with Jesus in the heavenly places 
have you seen when you uh, i mean if you if you've seen the pictures from the international space station of the himalayas which are the tallest mountains on on planet earth you know how they look they don't look any different from the plains from the mountain from the top they all look flat but that's just a food for thought okay just uh, that is we are not going into that but uh, you understand what i'm talking about am i a god not not a god near at hand says the lord i am not I'm not a god afar off can anyone hide himself in secret places so i shall not see him says the lord do i not fill heaven and earth says the lord and then go on i have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name saying i have dreamed i have dreamed how long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies indeed they are prophets of deceit of their own heart who try to make my people forget by na- my name by their dreams which everyone tells his neighbor as their fathers forgot my by name for bal let's read from the message translation from verse 21 i like the, t- the message translation from verse 21 onwards I never sent these prophets but they ran anyway I never spoke to them but they preached anyway If they had ever bothered to sit down and meet with me they would have preached my message to my people they would have gotten them back on the ah right track gotten them out of their evil ruts you see how perfectly it fits in there are ruts in our lives and what do the prophets have to do they should have brought you fellow all of us out of those ruts that we have living in and then Am I not a god near at hand god's decree and I'm not a god afar off can anyone hide out in a corner where I can't see him god's decree am I not present everywhere where the seen or unseen god's decree I know what they're saying all these prophets who preach lies using using me as their text I think the internet is back hmm so fine I don't know where am I catching the internet. I don't understand. I switched off the internet. Sorry. So, what do we do? Was twenty eight and twenty nine. You prophets who do nothing but dream, go ahead and tell your silly dreams. but you prophets who have a message from me tell it truly and faithfully what does straw have in common with wheat nothing else like god's decree isn't my message like fire god's decree isn't it like a sledgehammer busting a rock smash it smash every idol that's what it says right the ultimately the stone which is cut without hands what is what is that what is it supposed to do crush every other earthly king no, demolish it make way make way for christ the king in splendor arrives spring wide the gates and welcome him into your lives make way for the king of kings and let his kingdom in what of him it is understand bring down every high hill every thought that is the reason why what are we doing we are taking the word of god 
and we are smashing every ideology which is contrary to the word of god so and we are making our paths straight so first what we have done every valley has been filled second what we have done every mountain has been crushed so when you fill a valley and after you crush every mountain how does it look now everything is rough 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 okay what does a rough path to friction is very high right when the friction is very high it impedes your motion so what should you take you should take the bulldozer and smoothen it out and make all the parts smooth meaning take away from ev- from your life everything which impedes you or slows you down in your walk with the lord or slows the kingdom of god in being established in your life but before we do that crooked and deceitful places should be made straight and what is crooked and deceitful jeremiah chapter 17 Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and 10 the heart is <laughs> deceitful that fellow dil cheese na bahut pagal hai dil to pagal hai is an insane fellow mad fellow so you know i, I remember this you no know, um, somebody told me this joke no uh, so wife is now in the dead bed now she's going to die husband is there and right right next to her and he's weeping so so she uh, she she looks at her husband and says uh, will you be able to live without me no i'll go mad without you he says and she looks at him and says would you get married again if i die a madman can do anything he says मैं तो पागल हो जाऊंगा फिर से शादी करोगे पागल आदमी तो कुछ भी कर सकता है दिल इस पागल कुछ भी कर सकता है डिसीटफुल अबाउ ऑल थिंग्स एंड वॉट इज इज हाउ डेस्परेटली नॉट जस्ट नॉट ऑर्डिनरीली डेस्परेटली विकेट is desperate means he is like helplessly wicked he cannot help himself but be wicked that is the point he is a like habitual kya kar sakta hu yaar main aisa hu to i don't know i can't help myself heart that is where all this starts from for out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaks god your heart proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 with all diligence for out of it proceeds the issues of life keep your heart guard your heart with all diligence for out of it proceeds the issues of life so bring down every sorry bring up every valley level it bring down every mountain and begin to guard your hearts now keep your hearts with all diligence whatever heart god that god has given us 14:3 Azaya look at what it says 14 3 let me see 1431 sorry oh. where it talks about uh, i will i will i will 
13 sorry 13 sorry not 31 for you have said where in your heart that is where it starts pride starts in your heart i will ascend into the mountain and then 141 psalms the fool had said in his heart that is not there is there is in italics the fool has said in his heart no god So that's exactly the rich fool will say. Oh, you have money for so many years. Eat and drink and be merry. Luke's Gospel chapter 24, 12, if I'm right. No, no, no. 21, 34. Luke's Gospel chapter 21, 34. Luke 21, 34. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with what? Carousing drunkenness cares of this life and that your and that day come on you unexpectedly guard your heart for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts etc etc we know Matthew chapter 15 6 Matthew verses 18 to 21 So that, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, do not lay, 19, sorry, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. So that means put your heart where? In Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. In NIV please, Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated. That's what I said, right? The best way to make everything flat is <laughs> be seated there. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. Heart and mind. So, fine. So, Three things we looked at already. First thing was, valleys have to be leveled. Mountains have to be brought down. Heart has to be made straight, which is deceitful. Crooked and deceitful places, it says. Crooked and deceitful places have to be made straight. Deceitful, desperately wicked. Change, constantly ask the Lord to cleanse your heart. From all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Fourth one, rough places should be made smooth. How do you make the rough places smooth, Baba? Remove everything from your life which slows down the kingdom of God being established into your life. Remove everything which slows you down. So what are those attitudes which slow you down? Okay, so let us look at them. First we look at the New Testament and then we look at the Old Testament. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 to 14. We know this very well. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 to 14. In fact, so look at this, look at this. Though by this time you ought to be teachers. You have slowed down basically. Right? You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, milk and not solid food. 
That means you have slowed down. Something has happened. What has slowed you down? There are attitudes. Second, First Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 to 4. First Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 to 4. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk and not solid food for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Meaning, you are slowing down <coughs> instead of growing <coughs> into maturity. You are still what? Worldly. Carnal other translations will say. But since there is what is among you? Jealousy is among you. Therefore, you are slowing down. If jealousy is in your heart, you will be slowed down. Quarreling. Arguing. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But what do happen? Most believers wrestle against flesh and blood. Quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men when one says, I follow Paul, another Apollos? Are you not mere men? What is happening? You're slowing down because you have attitudes of jealousy and quarreling and argumentative spirit. Get rid of all this. Rough places. And don't slow down. Acts chapter 7 verses 1 and 2. What what other things will slow you down? And the high priest said, are these things so? And he said, Brother, brothers and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. So what slowed him down? His father. Genesis chapter 11 verses 31 to, 30, 31 to 32. Relationships. Fleshly relationships. Not spiritual relationships. Slow you down. Iron sharpens iron. So does the countenance of his friend. If you walk with the wise, you will be wise. Evil company corrupts good manners. Thera, it is not Abraham. Thera took his son and his grandson Lot and the son, and the son of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son's, son Abraham's wife and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan and they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Thera were 205 years and Thera died in Haran. Until Thera died, God does not appear to him again. What is happening? Relationships which are not of God slow you down. By this time you should have, you should have progressed so far in the Lord. But what is happening? All kinds of, you are tangled with so many relationships. And you are not moving ahead with God. And you are wondering, Lord, why am I not moving? Slowing you down. With all kinds of wrong relationships. Flesh. You know it. Genesis chapter 16. Verses 1 and 2. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarai. And what had happened? Slowed down. By how many years? 13 years God didn't speak. Take the easy route. You think that you want to speed up, you'll slow down actually. In your attempts to speed up, you will slow down. That's what even Jacob Jacob taught. Let me steal the blessing of my... You don't have to steal God's blessing. If they are yours, they will come to you. You don't have to speed them. How did you become so successful? Is what uh, Isaac asks Jacob. The Lord has given it to me. And what happened? 
20 years of his life he lost. Slowed down. Seven years lost because of Madam Rachel. Another seven years for Madam Leah and Rachel. Ten times wages changed. Twenty years of his life lost. Slowed down because of moving into the flesh or using paths and trajectories where which are apparent shortcuts. What does it what does it do? It slows you down. Everything has to happen in his time. It says he has made all things beautiful in his time. If not one step ahead, one of one step behind. Don't impede God's work in your life. Don't slow down. Then what will happen? If these four things you deal with, what will happen? The glory of the Lord will be revealed. So let's go back to Luke's Gospel chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6. 5 and 6. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill be brought low. And every crooked place will be made straight. And the rough places will be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of what will slow you down? Flesh will slow you down. That is the reason why heart may cut off. Circumcise your hearts so that there is nothing which is hindering between you and God. He says the Lord your God will circumcise the hearts of your, your hearts and the hearts of your fathers. He also says you should also circumcise for yourselves the foreskin of your hearts. Circumcise yourself. So not among thorns. Circumcise for yourself and so not among thorns. You can all these things slow you down. Slow you down. And then what will happen? The flesh shall see the salvation of the glory of the Lord will be revealed. So this morning, what are those trajectories that you have over and over and over and ever walked and it has become a valley. You can ask God and say, Lord, I go in this rut over and over and over. Lord, fill it, Lord. Let me establish another thought pattern. Let, let me show you that one verse in 1 John chapter 3, please. 1 John chapter 3. Let's read from verse 7. And eight, so seven to uh, nine, seven to nine. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. So practice. That's what I told. I tell my children. Practice makes permanent. Thank you, son. Practice makes perm, not perfect, permanent. Establish it. So that means you know for sure that you will not go this route again. You know it. See, after a, after a particular period of time in a relationship, you know, set for life. Kuch nahi ho sakta bhi. Fix ho gaya. Little children. So, how should you start when you are a little child, basically? Okay. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as he is righteous. I'll tell you something. What you can do when you are a, when you are children and teenagers, you will 
never be able to do when you enter into politics. Over. Your learning curve will slowly deteriorate asymptotically. He who sins, so he who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil is sin from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So what does he do? He's going to destroy all those. What does he do? He fills up every valley. He pulls down every mountain. He, uh, he sets everything which is crooked, straight, and he rough, smoothens all rough places. And then verse 9. Whoever has been born of God does not actually keep on sinning. Other translations. Keep on sinning. Actually, can you put it in ESV and uh, NIV maybe? Yeah. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he is born of God. If you are born of God, take this to heart. You cannot keep on sinning. You cannot. And you have, you will be given the ability to practice righteousness over and over again by the worst, by the grace of God. Because the grace of God, which has brings salvation to all men, has appeared to us. It teaches us to say no. Just as you were taught to do acts of evil, the grace of God will teach you to do acts of righteousness over and over and over and over again till it has become a pattern in your life. Amen. So this morning, let's pray. I ask God, Lord, enable us to make way so that your kingdom will have unhindered progression into our lives. And it will increase. For you, you said in your word, for the increase of the government and of its peace shall they know end. And therefore this morning we want to surrender ourselves. Lord Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that He will continuously, Father, uh, rot the work of righteousness in our lives without any hindrance. We thank You, Lord. We praise You. Give You glory, honor, and praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.